Hello, welcome again to the Mike Thrays podcast. You're listening to your host, Mike Thrays, Adalon, Lemuria, Atlantis. There was a book I read a few years ago called The Lost Lands by Lucy Cavendish. Really changed my mindset around multiple dimensions of consciousness and also the idea, I guess, of ancestral healing, ancestral patterns, and the idea that technology as opposed to Mother Nature, is a real conflict that's replaying out in our conscious as we speak. This has been recorded at a challenging time for many Australians and I guess many people throughout the world. This is recorded in Australia. I'm in Melbourne at the moment. And I was living in northern New South Wales, a place called Kingscliff, right on the border of northern New South Wales and, and Queensland. And within a day of leaving, I left about, well, over a week ago, huge floods uh, basically took over much of the area where I lived and many homes are underwater. And there's a big change, a transformation in the environment. And it's, it's a little bit difficult for me to talk about. And yeah, you might disagree with what a, a lot of the content I'm about to share, but I'll share it as best I can. And I think that's part of sharing all the different perspectives, particularly from an esoteric space compared to a practical space, can be challenging. But what I'm suggesting and, and what I'm getting at here relation to, in relation to the Lost Lands and Adelon, Liberia, and particularly with this idea for me that I feel Byron Bay and Kingsleaf and one of those northern New South Wales pockets in Bangalore and there's an Avalon energy about them. There's an Avalon, there's a return to Avalon, like a return to Camelot, a return to the land. But what happens for this land to be reborn is it's a seeming purification. But what's being purified? What's changing? Why are we having so many changes in our reality over the last few years? Well, we'll have the practical answers, I guess. And there's science and there's, and there's medical research around pandemics and global warming. And there's many reasons, I guess, for what we could say is occurring. But there's a whole lot of unexplainable reasons, isn't there? Why, why is it so unpredictable? Why is, is Mother Nature seemingly wanting us to get back in harmony with her? whether it's in sicknesses and pandemic and, and going inward and no longer being so focused on, yeah, externally going out into society with a level of toxicity and unconsciousness and lack of awareness, or it's in the space of floods causing communities to, to rally together. And while there's been dramatic losses of lives on both accounts and we're going through there's a military conflict in the moment, also in another part of the world. The esoteric answer for me is uh, it's part of the, the raising of consciousness on this planet. It's the planet causing us to recalibrate the way we think. It's the rebirth of Avalon. And it's not necessarily the destruction of Atlantis or a reborn Atlantis either. For me, Avalon is a space and in this the book, The Lost Lands, is just an incredibly well-written book. Well-written for the fact it does either read like a book, it reads like a travel experience, of a exploration of reconnection 
to these different lands as, as Lucy, what she calls, she travels what's called an Imrama, which is, a, I understand it's a Hindu term for going inward, traveling inward. And part of it's connected to Southeast Asia and pockets of Australia, which is in effect more connected with Lemuria. And there's also the, the aspect of Atlantis. And then there's ultimately Avalon or Glastonbury, which is her, her Avalon journey. And why I'm feeling drawn to talk all about that and, and connected with this idea of Lemuria and Atlantis is Avalon for me is a space where innovation and technology does meet connection with the land. It's where Lemuria and Atlantis ultimately are married together, this sovereignty of the masculine and the feminine. And where whether the, the Arthurian legends and the Guinevere and the, the, the masculine and the feminine marrying together and the connection with the son, the reborn, the Christ and Lancelot's son or the, who, who's defending the Mother Earth against the, the masculine uh, is true or not, it, it, it comes together in this idea of that Atlantis, Lemuria and Avalon. And ultimately we can look at that in its own space of awareness that while there's things happening, and, and this is where I might not get a lot of sympathy, that in the practical world we, we can say, well, no, there's, this is floodwaters, this is nature, this is thing, and we haven't dealt with it, there's emissions. There will always be an answer for the, the practical from that space of consciousness that believes it, but, I mean, was there really a, there a clear practical, there's still not really a clear practical answer to the pandemic, the cause. China and got a lot of the blame and there's all these other things. Science was supposed to have a solution. People got prizes and awards for developing certain, I guess, medical solutions to that, vaccines. But none of the vaccines have proved effective for people whose consciousness has been geared to unconscious awareness. That their solution is in the external rather than the internal. And the similar thing with what's going on with floodwaters and, and changes, where, where the external reality has to break down for the internal reality, or what Neville Goddard would call the I am, the Christ conscious, is awoken within. Similarly for me, my whole external identity had to be broken down. Much of what I valued or attached my worth to, and then at the same time I had to shift, go to a different location, a different, for 80 days to step out of my normal environment, walking in you know, walk the sunrise of the earth, Mother Gaia. The what's known as the, the Starfield Way, the Santiago de Compostela, the field of stars. Ultimately the drag and ley line of the earth. Some people refer to this as a sacred it's not just necessarily a Christian problem. It's believed to be a a, a Kundalini line. So this is all very esoteric, isn't it? But it's not that hard to marry the, the Arthur, the good, the practical, the impractical, the masculine, the feminine together. And that's the special power of Avalon and why I'm, I believe the rebirthing or resurrection or the, the coming again of Arthur is the, is the balance of masculine and feminine, of Avalon being reborn again in, in, a, in a space where technology and innovation is connected with the land. And it's no surprise that Byron has this energy. Literally, because it is an energy that gives birth to transformation. It's where so many people are drawn to to do their inner healing. And it can be very difficult, the shadow healing, the shadow space. But at the same time, there's a lot of abundant wealth and innovation, technology advancement. There's a lot of people that are 
editor who created the drawn there. It's already there. It's already an energy space of, of people being drawn to change, incredible change. And it's not going to slow down. It's at the epoch of this new, new age, this new earth. And that's, I guess, in Australia, or at least in the, the eastern part of Australia. There's pockets like this all around the world. And I think that people talk about Manchester, has it, in, in America, along with other pockets on the east coast. There's pockets throughout the world. There's energy centres, energy spaces, but we don't necessarily look through it until we're more attuned to energy. So when I first began reading this book, The Lost Lands, in 2017 or 18, I think I first bought it, I just found it fascinating. I had lived in Ireland and that Ireland Celtic energy is very much connected with the, the historical Avalon. And I'd visited stone circles. I'd been drawn to these places without any real firm intention. I'd befriended a Merlin type figure named Shawnee who was, yeah, very much took me under his wing and used to drive me out to stone circles and, and ancient churches and uh, up to a thousand years old and the, and the monuments. And in the town I lived with, the the, mon- the church was built around eleven hundred. The re- the the care the castle was actually used in the filming of Excalibur. I wouldn't learn that for a few years till I go back. It was one of the main scenes where Guinevere is actually supposed to have lived with her father Leatherance in the movie Excalibur. They lived in the, and the scene the setting of it was the town that I lived in for four or five months. And I had no idea of that, but I used to, I used to run along the same river, which I feel it looks almost identical to the scene where the sword comes out of the lake at the beginning of the movie. All these things around the the reborn Avalonian myth of the masculine, the feminine, the the sword and the water, the lady, the lake, and the idea of feminine sovereignty, and they're much connected to this the land of Ireland and Glastbury, but I wasn't aware of that until I. I I had done the Camino, I lived there, and I came and I read this book where this, this talented writer, Lucy Cavendish, who had already done a lot of healing decks and, and worked with the fairy energies and, and ancestral energies. But to talk about the idea of Lemuria, and Australia was believed to be part of Lemuria, and she has it in the, in the, in the maps of the book, and I definitely recommend this book. I'll include the links in the... In the description. I didn't necessarily think I was going to be talking length about this, but there is sort of maps, and, and Lucy's using her own resources and influences, and I think Dion Fortune, who's connected with Glastonbury, is one of the predominant influences. There's other influences too, but if you're interested in this, I'd definitely recommend it. But to summarise it in terms of what's going on at the moment, to simplify it from my own perspective, is there is a deep connection between the inner and the external self is something I talk about in all these podcasts. And we go down the rabbit hole and we, in the way people appear on our scene of space and, and come in and, and they talk to us. And, and where we are, they tend to take on different spaces. Because we too are connected to the land, the landscape, the scene of, the, of whatever is occurring in this play. At certain scenes or centres of energy seem to create different pockets of vibrational change. Learnings. And Byron Bay and, and what I'm talking about with Glastonbury and pockets of the island do have that energy. Because, but the energy is also connected with the people that inhabited there. There's, there's the land of the king on one. There's something that's talked about in Excalibur. You could say the land and the, and the queen on one. The king marries the land who's represented as the queen, but the queen is also the high priestess 
who takes her form as the empress, as the queen. But the, that's why Mother Gaia, Mother Earth, is seen as feminine. But the ether, the energy, the, the spirit is predominantly portrayed as masculine. So the, there's always a marrying of the Arthur and Gwyn and the it, it comes together in, in the, the stories of Camelot and Avalon. But in the space of innovation and creativity, along with, I guess, ancestral land worship, Stone Circle's the same thing, where the, the land and the hills and the, and the earth is very much, I guess, feminine. And, but the, the structure that's created them is predominantly seen as masculine. But one needs the other to move forward, to coexist, to be in harmony. And this is what I feel is happening. And, and you will look at that. The coming of Arthur is the, is the balancing of Arthur with Guinevere. It's the reborn feminine that has actually healed the masculine. And one doesn't happen without the other. But what is happening, What my perception of it, is that the feminine is actually helping to rebalance the land by destabilising structures which are not linked to patriarchy including the healthcare system at large, which basically is more of the, a sick care industry. It's set up to sickness. It's not a wellness industry, the predominant Western system, around hospitals. It's a sick industry. A big pharma gets its profits out of people being sick and they're consuming sick products, having a sick consciousness looking at mass media and consuming products and information and content where they tell them it's not good enough and their stress is created in their system. It causes them to become sick, susceptible to fear and products will, which reinforce that sickness and illness. But this is why everything's being destabilised and we're getting a, an opportunity to recalibrate our system of thought. I feel, I guess, to keep this relatively short and and practical, yet also challenging, is we could see ourselves as a land, and we're also our inner masculine and feminine, king and queen. And living in a harmonious, Tao-oriented space where we can see, we can read where the changes are coming, particularly last years we've seen it. We can get on board or we can honour that rising feminine energy, whether we identify as male or female. And at the same time, heal the masculine, soften the masculine, allow the masculine to be feminine and expressive in its own way, yin within the yang. Because that's been a big difficulty as well. For the feminine to rise, we also need to create a container for the masculine to soften, to be vulnerable, to ask for help. And it's not just in men, it's as much in women as it is in men. Women to allow men to be softened and vulnerable and sensitive again. That's a balancing. It's something we do in harmony. But this is where the, the effects of Mother Nature, Mother Earth, are creating that opportunity for change. But ultimately, if we don't receive the impulse, we too are going to keep being stuck in situations where they're not fulfilling. We'll, we'll keep getting pushed until we receive the impulse to change. Thanks again for listening. Pray and intend this is a value for you. And bye for now.